Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Here's our fake ad. Today's show is brought to you by our belief in consistency over quality and our mom's hugs. Thank you, Margaret and Garmay, for being the most important people in our lives. See, we're so good at this. If you're an advertiser and you want to work with us, contact us at FYI at She's All Thanks. This is a journey. We are not here to shame anyone who's not like quote unquote on our level because like what level? I have moments all the time where I'm like, girl, you look like Ruben Stutter. <laughs> like constantly. <laughs> I'm Sophie. I'm April, and this is She's All Fat, the podcast for body positivity, radical self love, and chill vibes only. This week, we'll discuss politicized hair, self love mantras, and penis graffiti. Okay, April, what are you obsessed with this week? This week, while we're in the middle of doing crazy party planning stuff, my sister came in town and we binge watched a little series mm-hmm. called American Vandal. Have you heard about this at all? Uh-uh. So it's on Netflix. It's basically like a parody of Serial. Remember the Serial podcast? Like yeah. season one. But as a mockumentary, basically. Just, it's so funny. So what it is is this kid is accused of spray painting 27 dicks on 27 teachers' cars. <laughs> and he gets expelled. And it's, it's a whole conspiracy. And it looks really bad for him because he's one of those kids that was like always drawing dicks on stuff did you have this kid in your high school because i certainly yeah. did <laughs> just like constantly he has like a popular tagline he always says which is like another day another dick so Ew. there's like all this evidence against is he him. a little shit or he, he's a stoner but he's well, a good heart our kid who did that was not sweet no but. not ours either but this character is like a sweet guy he's like misunderstood okay so anyway all these dicks get drawn on the car and there's this kid who's like a filmmaker at the school and he's like i'm gonna get to the bottom of this he's a sarah koenig and so it's just so ridiculous and over the top where he's like i mean it couldn't have happened in eight minutes 27 dicks like there had to be more people (laughs) there's so much but then it's like there's an episode about eight of the different characters like the other students and they're all a suspect and like who did it oh my god every episode it's good where it's like serial where every episode you're like oh for sure he did it for sure she did it but like you never know you never know and then it just ends up being this really deep exploration of the human psyche in the end it's really good so this week even though we're super busy with party planning stuff we somehow got all the way through american vandal just like eight hilarious episodes (laughs) it just reminded me of my high school reminded me of people i grew up with there's parts about a vendetta against a, a teacher and so it reminded me of stuff like that where you always thought one teacher was out to get you but were they really or was that in your head or it just it just yeah, was really did they interesting. give a shit about you at all yeah like do they even know who you are meanwhile you're home like really i got half a point off they <laughs> there's jealous of me i mean like, as no. a teacher's kid i heard teachers talk all the time and yes they do shit talk the kids oh my god all the teachers do it's not i mean at my kids. school they did but there were only 60 kids in a grade so everyone knew each other mm-hmm. so i think everyone should talk to each other i don't think it was just the teachers but for sure they would be like this kid blah blah and Mm -hmm. i'd be in the other room like hee hee i see i can hear everything oh my gosh that's exactly what i thought was happening but wasn't sure i mean maybe not at public school i bet teachers are more like i have too much to do leave me alone yeah i mean not that at my school they were busy all the time also but it was just like such a small community what channel is this on it's a netflix show brand new it's called american vandal i think it just came out this weekend but if you guys like parody if you like mockumentaries and large ensemble cast because there's 60 characters i think well i would check out american vandal it really made me laugh cool what are you obsessed with this week i'm obsessed well i don't know that i'm obsessed with this but (laughs) (laughs) i'm currently writing with my best friend and writing partner, Lindsay, were writing a scary movie together. So we went to go see it. And I read the book when I was 14 or 15, and it really scared me. 
I had a lot of nightmares. I had to skip through it and kind of read with one eye open, you know? Is it a Stephen King? It's a Stephen King novel. It's like oh the most God. famous Stephen King one. It's the one with the clown is how people know it. So we went to see the movie last night and I did think that the pacing was good. For me, I think I prefer a movie like The Witch that has more cerebral slash tension scares mm. or it follows which is just like you're just really tense the whole time but it's not as many jump scares or scary images because i get those scary images in my head and then i have trouble sleeping because i see them oh my god and that's always been true i've always had a very overactive imagination like i used to have night terrors so, so then why are you doing this to yourself because i like i like scary things i just don't like disturbing things mm -hmm. if that makes sense but it was interesting to me i'm always interested in how they adapt books to movies and so this one the original book and the original adaptation with tim curry oh he's just an amazing character actor do you know who he is tim I curry i've seen the first it which thank but god have you seen the movie clue it's like old movie oh, about the mystery night thing. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so he's the butler guy. Okay, okay. He's also most probably well known for being in the cult horror classic Rocky Horror Picture Show. Mm -hmm. So Tim Curry's in the original, and also in the original, they do both plots. In the book, they have them as kids, and then them 25 years later as adults, and they have to come back and do more monster conquering. And they don't do that this one. They like simplified it down to just the kids' plot. I assume so they could do. A sequel, mm. which is good, is like I think probably a good narrative choice so it wouldn't get too bogged down. But also, there's this really weird scene in the book. I don't know how they deal with it in the first movie, but in the book, there's a weird scene where all the kids have sex together in the sewers. They like kill it who mm. lives in the sewers or they like defeat him for the time being. And then they can't find their way out and they all take turns having sex with the one girl. What? Yeah, it's so bizarre. And I was telling Lindsay about it last night. I was like, did I dream that this happened? <laughs> and I looked it up. I was like, no, sure enough, there it is. And all the comments on these articles, like the one we'll put in the show notes, are people being like, it was a beautiful scene. It's not sexual. It's like they actually just had group sex. It's like fucking weird, dude. But uh, <laughs> um, so are you obsessed or disturbed with it? I mean, both. They just didn't address it at all. Mm. Instead, they have them all do a blood oath where they like cut their hands and they promise to come back if it ever comes back. But like, yeah, I think a lot of scary books, including a lot of Stephen King's books, they just have weird sex shit in them. You know, I don't know. I don't know why we have to go to body horror quite so much. I that's one of the reasons I preferred It Follows or The Witch or like Get Out even. So but those are more considered like thrillers, right? So yeah. is there a way to have elements of both? I think so. Enjoyable? I think so. I mean, I think Get Out has both, mm -hmm. you know, at the end, it has a lot of gore. Mm -hmm. I just don't think you always have to have a weird sex thing with whatever woman is in it it's always I guess. Like some woman <laughs> being violently stabbed in a bikini yeah it's so bizarre like why also just one little thing they do have an adorable little fat boy in it which is accurate to the books and they treat him very compassionately but then they do have a fat mom in it a fat woman and like every other male writer he like hated fat women so right. she's not treated very well in the movie but yeah, I don't know. I would love to hear people's thoughts on the movie. Don't tweet at us and tell us that you liked the like weird sex scene because that's fucking weird. Don't do that. <laughs> but I want to know your thoughts about the movie It. Please tweet us. Yeah. We'd also just like to, as a quick shout out, say this thing that April's sister just found. If you go to Instagram.com, pull up your phones, guys. Fatty Yonce is the person's name. So they have photoshopped several photos of Beyonce as a plus-sized woman <laughs> with minimal context. And it's incredible. It's so good. She looks very thick. She looks happy. It's like Beyonce roller skating, thick as hell. I'm getting my full life. So <laughs> link in the show notes. And if you guys become patrons, you'll get to see even more of us uh, getting into the Fatty Yonce account. Yeah. You're welcome. <laughs> So that's what we're obsessed with and or terrified of. Let's move on to our review shout outs. So again, as a reminder, if you leave us a review on Apple Podcasts, we will say your username right here. So we're going to do that right now. Okay. So we have to say thank you to a couple people for leaving reviews this week. First up, Becky Sue Sweet. Thank you so much, Becky. Next is Shanaz R, our internet friend Shanaz, love always you, holding it down. We love you so much yeah. here inside of our hearts. Next is Jordy underscore 0426. Thank you, Jordy. Um, another one, Anna Anna Bobana Fee Fi Fo Fana Anna. 
Just like, you got to have dedication to that if you're going to type it all out. Thank you, Anna. Next one, we're going to read this review because it touched us so deeply that we <laughs> must share. So the username is SSFF12. The review is, quote, I feel like Sophie's sweet voice is the sound Carmel would make being drizzled over ice cream. And April's dry, sarcastic humor is the red wine paired with it. These two are wonderful, end quote. Um, oh who God. are you? And Truly. like, why do you write so beautifully about us? I'm so complimented. Oh my God. Like you've captured my exact. <laughs> essence in a way that is i mean unfathomable thank you so much also a little uncomfortable how accurate because are you in this room with us where are you where are you thank you so much if you write a really nice review or like a really funny one we might read the whole thing but yeah sssff12 you nailed it We'd also like to do some patreon shout outs we have some patreons this week we're really thankful to one of them is Florence Alvina. Thank you so much, Florence. We're so excited to have you be part of the Patreon Fatty Fam. And also Corey. Thank you so much, Corey. We really appreciate you guys. And as always, there's lots more info and goodies if you become a Patreon. Last in this section is some corrections and some updates for you. So last week we told you guys to head over to the Call Your Girlfriend feed to hear our featured episode. It's actually going to be dropping this Friday, so tomorrow, October 6th. Yeah. Um, head over there. We're going to be talking about Oprah, like we told you guys last week. We're <laughs> so excited to yeah. uh, tear apart our most problematic fave, Oprah Winfrey. Final update is just that we had our party last week. It went super well, and we'll have pics of everything, including all the photo booth pics, if you were there, up on the Facebook page as soon as we get them back. Thank you again. Shout out to Danny of Daisy LA for being the most supportive and the best photographer we could ask for. Mm -hmm. Thank you to our comedians and to both of our sisters for coming out to support, including April's sister coming all the way from Minnesota. Thank you to my best and most beautiful friend, Lindsay for being our MC and for making all of the friendship bracelets that were such a huge hit they were gone by the end of the night Ooh. and we'll give you a longer rundown with some audio clips of the night when we figure out what we want to do with it truly a magical evening for everyone listening who joined us thank you so much for coming out and for eating the donuts before I got a donut I'm not <laughs> mad I'm happy you enjoyed yeah. that <laughs> okay great we should really get to the meat of it don't you think yep let's do it This week on The Meat of It, we're talking about politicized hair, which falls under our mission of talking about fatness through body positivity, which is about creating justice and um, space in the world for all different kinds of bodies. So this week, we're looking at that through the lens of politicized hair. So April, we already talked about hair like last week and it's okay you can ask so like what else could you possibly have to say <laughs> there's so much everyone truly strap in because i feel like all i talk about is my hair and <laughs> your lip gloss. gossip girl and my perfect skin and lip gloss <laughs> that's all that's i care true. about but since we are talking about body positivity and a really important part of body positivity is race i wanted to talk about black hair i'm a black lady i have a ton of black hair and my hair is political so i've gotten to my hair journey in the past but a little shortened version is just that I got my first relaxer when I was five, which is really young for it. Is it? But uh, yeah, most people start, I think, when they're in middle school. But I specifically asked my mom to get a relaxer because everybody else had one. And it makes your hair a little easier to manage. So my mom was like, fine. So I started getting a relaxer in kindergarten and then went all the way through to high school and then made the decision to stop relaxing, shave my head, and then see what came out. Oh my God. Which, I was the first girl at my huge public high school to go natural. Everybody was like, wow. you're a bald head, you're ugly. And I'm like, you guys, I'm political. Like, I've never <laughs> been more woke. I'm doing it. But yeah, a large part of my hair journey was a political choice to be like i'm black i i no longer feel like straight hair is the only way to be pretty i want to see what i actually look like but important to note that not all black women's natural hair is a political choice like a lot of black women are just kind of like my hair is my hair it's not a big deal whereas i kind of am like my hair is my hair like i am my hair <laughs> you know what i mean yeah um so i feel like the blacker my hair got the blacker i felt and it's a political thing in that you know 
sometimes people think natural hair is not professional. Sometimes in different careers, you'll face pushback if you show up with natural hair. I don't know if you knew, but uh, natural hairstyles were banned in the army until very recently. Mm. So like you couldn't have cornrows, you couldn't have certain types of weaves because they were like, it's unprofessional, it doesn't match, which are all sort of code words. Do weaves count as natural hair? Well, basically, it's it's natural hair, but it's also lots of ways that black women style their hair, regardless of what they do to it, are seen as unprofessional unless it's like straight. But I think for a lot of black women, the choice to have natural hair, whether it's an afro or even if you're wearing it braids or even if you're wearing in twists, it's like you can look at me and you can see that I'm no longer obsessed with trying to get as close to this ideal white image of beauty i'm more interested in my own versions of beauty so a lot of times if you talk to a black woman who just became natural you can hear the politicalness of the sentiment sometimes i'll go to the natural hair section at target to get hair products and stuff if you ever talk to anyone, she'll be like, yeah, I'm rocking my fro. Like, I'm with it. This is what it is. My hair's going to be glistening, curls popping, melanin popping. Like, it's like... <laughs> all the hashtags. All the hashtags that if you look closely on your Instagram, we are using. <laughs> but no, it's about hair, but it's also about figuring out how to fit your blackness into your idea of beauty. Also, with black women, a lot of times hair is another method of assimilation. So if I straighten my hair if I cover my thick ass body maybe people will let me blend in and maybe I won't stick out so much I think is a lot of the rationale and a lot of what we're raised to hear like I was saying when I first went natural my mom was really like you're gonna look unprofessional you're never gonna get a job because that's what she was taught and that's what a lot of black women are taught and so this new generation of women who are like this is I'm showing up with my full afro and I don't care really is a sort of radical thing that I think aligns with body positivity and that it's like my hair looks like this because I'm black so I'm gonna just assume that I'm gonna be treated with respect regardless of what I'm doing with my hair like I'm not gonna do anything to it because I like the way that it grows out you know yeah so in the show notes I'm gonna link to this article at essence where they kind of track a bunch of different political black hair moments throughout history so I'll read a couple there's some really good ones yeah there's one it says 1972 power fist the grand dame of revolutionary hair Angela Davis holds up the black power fist yes at a rally in bulgaria yeah she's iconic so it's like her they talk about her afro they talk about the first time that afros were featured in a lot of ads like marketing oh cool and so it's kind of just like you know no longer ads for relaxers black women are kind of finding products that will enhance their curls instead of trying to fight them Mm -hmm. so it's cool it's this like long slideshow of through the ages how did we get to black is beautiful afro is beautiful journey so check that out Yeah, but in general, I just kind of want to talk about how I think black women, their approach to body positivity is really different than the way white women break it down. Because it's almost kind of like if you search the body positivity hashtag, you won't see a lot of black women. But I think black women are acting out body positivity. They're just not calling it that. I think it like from what I've seen on Instagram, it's more black specific hashtags Mm -hmm. like because it's more tied with I'm proud of my identity as a black woman. I don't see as much. I'm proud of my identity as a fat black woman. It's black first, you know? Mm -hmm. And then I almost think that the other parts of the identity are implicit. Yeah. It's kind of like, I love my body. I love myself. I love my hair. You love your black hair. You love your black self. It's always kind of tied up. So I like to look at the different ways that black women act out the body positivity while kind of figuring out their own way to talk about it or like express it. It just seems really different within the communities, which is kind of interesting to me. Have you ever had one of those experiences of being at work and having people comment on it? I think not so much. I haven't been called unprofessional, and I think it's because of my industry. Like, I work in yeah, television and where I was creative. It's stuff. like white men show up in sweatpants every totally. day. Totally. But I think it's not that people call me unprofessional, but that they'll feel entitled to touch it or they'll want to ask a lot of follow up questions. I had a one boss recently that said that my hair was full of delicious textures. Like, that's what she was mm-hmm. like. And I was like, I know that you're trying to compliment me, but there's just she a She was of white, focus obviously, on. right? Of course. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> it's just like, there's an inappropriate amount of focus on my hair. And I think when I walk in with a bunch of black hair, people think that I want to have a conversation about it. And sometimes it's just like, literally, it grows out of my hair like this. I like sprayed some oil on it. I don't always want to talk about it. Yeah, I mean, but you did say it is 
a political statement, you know? I think it can be, not that I'm like poor white people, but it can be a little confusing sometimes when it's like, this is a political statement, and then it's like, but don't talk about it. It's a political statement, but every single room I enter in, everybody's eyes go to Yeah, me. no, that's way I too much. I don't constantly want to talk about it. For sure. I think people just have to feel it out. <laughs> if we know each other, maybe I'll let you do it, and it's okay, you can ask yeah. me. Well, but, it's one thing if yeah. people have explicitly been like, you can talk to me about it. It's totally. one thing if you're here telling me about the politicization that you feel about your hair and it's, i think it's inappropriate for a boss or someone in a workplace to comment on your body period mm -hmm. but with friends and stuff it does for me i'm like i know i want to know how people are thinking about their bodies and in what ways but it is hard with that extra level of you know like i said last week white women are always being yelled at for <laughs> asking about black hair it's so pretty i just want to know i mean i i so appreciate the adoration but to me sometimes i feel like a petting zoo a little of course, bit you know yeah. what i mean and, and i think that's cool. the line yeah that's the line yeah so that's why i think about my black hair what do you think about politicized hair so so i have white hair which is pretty boring or average you know mm -hmm. my sister used to call my hair princess hair because it gets very long and curly or it was when i was younger and then when i got older i wanted to look older so i cut it short but my hair in my head has never been that much of a thought for me it's more when i've thought about hair in a political way i thought about like my body hair <laughs> and about whether or not to shave body hair as a way of kind of ascribing or rejecting traditional femme beauty standards mm. so you know i'm a history nerd <laughs> i've, I've yep. linked a bunch of articles in the show notes about the history of removing body hair mostly in america where it wasn't really a thing until about 1915 because in the recent past which is like the last 200 years basically women wore such huge voluminous dresses that you wouldn't see your armpits or your legs so it wasn't until 1915 about when sleeveless dresses started happening and then armpits started being shaved and pushed by advertising the same time that diamonds as engagement rings became a thing because ads were like, get this rock or you're nothing. <laughs> rock <laughs> is your value. Yeah. Get it. Then Gillette started doing the same thing. And then it wasn't until the 40s that leg hair was shaved, which actually interestingly is kind of tied to the war effort. Nylon was in short supply because of I don't know what you use to kill people that's made out of nylon but um, there was a shortage of it and so then women were going more without nylon or without like stockings or whatever you want to call them tights and so there started to be more of a conversation about shaving your legs or not in the early days of advertisers trying to get people to shave how were they shaving like just the same razors we use okay from what i can see they were mostly using the kind of razors you get as a bulk buy i will put some images in the patreon post for this episode but if you look there's one of the articles that i link it's gonna have a bunch of advertisements in it and they are always doing the leg up on the side of the tub already clean shaven leg mm -hmm. and then what looks like a normal Gillette razor okay unlike a barber razor that you would use to shave a face mm. we weren't out here with huge murder razors That's they're just I'm like, worried about like the nine no. license only loose razor yeah yeah <laughs> no it's just the traditional ones yeah we haven't had a lot of new razor technology yeah so in this one article i found again in the show notes i found that I'm not the only one who's stopped shaving their legs or their armpits. A lot more women have started doing that recently. It has been written up several times as a millennial trend. We're ruining malls. We're ruining everything. We're oh, ruining shaving. We need to go to a department store and <laughs> shave our freaking legs. In 2013, 95% of women between the ages of 16 to 24 shaved or waxed their underarms. And in 2016, that had dropped to 77%, which is a pretty significant drop in only a few years. I feel like that's a pretty big sociological change. And for leg shaving, Again, in 2013, it's 92%, and in 2016, it's 85%. Whoa. So that's still like most young women, but that 10% is that's a big change, you know? So do you think it's fair to link it 
directly to feminism or like what are the other reasons people could have for not shaving? I think so. I mean, I think that it's kind of linked both to like this newest wave of feminism, which kind of feels kind of tied to millennial. Why should I have to Mm -hmm. feeling? (laughs) And also just the quote unquote natural, not in the sense of black hair natural like you were saying, but in the sense of like essential oils Mm -hmm. trends that have been happening. I don't know. There's different takes in literally every single article that I read. I think just talking more about it and being more aware that there's other options, you know, kind of the same way that the reason I stopped shaving my legs is when I became body positive as I decided that was my official philosophy. Mm -hmm. And I was like, why am I doing this? And I was like, well, I don't really want to. Do I feel like clean shaven legs are more appealing? And if so, why? And it's like, yes, number one, they do feel way better in sheets. (laughs) <laughs> when you get in bed for shaving because i don't care yeah. about what anyone thinks i'm just trying to feel smooth it feels and go to bed. very great yeah but it takes so much time it's overall an inconvenience and i often the way i'll ask myself is do men have to do this socially and if the answer is no am i doing it because i like it which is my answer for makeup for mm-hmm. example but i don't like shaving so i don't have to I don't know. I I also, as a young teen, I was like, what are women doing? Like, I could tell people were supposed to, quote unquote, shave their armpits and their legs. But I was like, what are people doing with their, as they would say in 17? One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, It's a, it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Bathing suit areas. <laughs> you never know. I just yeah. remember. Do you remember that ad with the woman standing behind the different topiaries? You know, a bush that is in a circle and then in a triangle. I do remember. Remember this that ad? ad? Oh my goodness! And it was supposed to be like, which one are you? Yeah, and I remember looking at it and being like, are these the options? <laughs> like, what do people do? Oh my goodness! I'm not going to talk about that personally, <laughs> <laughs> but I think that that is also a political choice. And there's a lot of interesting discussions to be had about that. But I do recommend the Outlander season two episode where Claire, the main character, gets, quote, the whole French treatment. And her husband is shocked and amazed. Oh, my goodness. But anyways, I just would like to say that it is a political choice for me to shave my legs or not shave my legs. And same with my armpits. It is an easier choice for me to make because number one, as we talked about, we're both writers. So we're not in industries where people are going to be like... What are you doing? I'm number two because I'm white. And so my physical choices are less scrutinized than a woman of color. Also because I have a long-term male partner. And so I don't have to think about this in context of the dating world. I can totally understand if people are like, yeah, I would rather not shave my legs, but I don't want to like talk about it every time. You know what I mean? Or like, I don't want to be judged by it. I have lighter body hair. So I know for some of my friends, like my Greek friends or whatever, they have darker body hair and they're like, yeah, I shave my arms because otherwise I look like I don't like the way I look. Mm -hmm. Okay, sure. I don't deal with that. And also as I become more comfortable with being bi, I feel more comfortable presenting in a not totally straight cis woman. I mean, I am cis, but I don't feel as pressured to conform to like straight woman aesthetic paradigms, if that makes sense. So it's a fairly easy choice for me, and I wouldn't be mad at myself if I decided one day I wanted to feel those flannel sheets on, like, newly shaven legs. Oh, my goodness. But, yeah, those are my choices. I think recently, because it has been kind of a trend, it can seem a little bit like, 
I don't shave my armpits and I'm so brave. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, uh. yeah. those conversations kind of make me a little weary because it's like, I think the answer at the end of the day is you should do what you want and it's not a yeah. big deal. But I think with feminism, a lot of people get bogged down in the, is it feminist if I grow right. my mustache and we're getting distracted? I, I think that there has to be some sort of middle ground. So conversations like these remind me of that controversial Zadie Smith incident a couple months ago. So I'm going to read this little excerpt from a Jezebel article we will link in the show notes. Sure. According to the Times of London, Smith told attendees that after watching her seven-year-old daughter's habit of spending a lot of time looking in mirrors, she imposed a crisp 15-minute time limit. Quote, I explained it to her in these terms. You are wasting time. Your brother is not going to waste any time doing this. Every day of his life, he will put a shirt on. He's out the door and he doesn't give a shit if you waste an hour and a half doing your makeup so after this comment she had a lot of controversy and people were saying you're literally a conventionally attractive light-skinned black woman like what are you doing yeah but i think for me i don't know it's hard to balance these conversations because i kind of think you should be able to do whatever you want i don't want to police other people's decisions i think makeup is fun i think shaving your legs is feels nice i think it's also exhausting and you have a lot of tools that are necessary yeah it costs a lot of money it's expensive it's like maintenance I get it, but it makes me tired, I think, as a feminist when we spend time policing each other. And this is not about cultural appropriation. We will talk about that later. Yeah. <laughs> like, you deserve to be called out for that. <laughs> this is about, I don't need this light-skinned lady telling me I'm wasting my time if I do a contour. Why is that your business? I mean, I think just like almost anything else, feminism is about creating a choice. It's not about telling women how to act. I think it is always worth examining if your choice aligns with the norms of patriarchy. So I I do think about it when I'm like, I'm going to get glammed up for a night out. Yeah, I am making my face look more like the patriarchal ideal. I still have fun doing it. I'm not doing it for men. Mm -hmm. I just think it is, I hear what she's saying, but again, I'm like, Zadie Smith, you're beautiful with no makeup. So of course you feel that way. Not that like, I mean, you can do no makeup and be 100% uggo too, but like. It just means something different coming from her. And it's like a judgment that you would never relate to. Yeah. Because you're perfect. I mean, that's why I personally choose not to shave my legs. Again, mostly because I'm lazy and I don't want to. And I don't feel a need to, but I would never be like, you're betraying womanhood by mm-hmm. <laughs> shaving your legs. It would only be if you were like, I shave my legs and I think everyone should. Yeah. Or you were using it in some way. You know what I mean? I just think that's the line. I think we have to give each other the grace as feminists. Again, that's like kind of the same across the board. It is feminism's goal to create choices and create equality. Again, you should examine what choices you're making. That's it. (laughs) The end. I don't know what else to say about that. I do think that another thing we were going to talk about is that a lot of fat women, I think, use their hair kind of as a crutch to feel like they're closer to fitting into patriarchal norms Mm -hmm. because you can be super fat and yet your hair is just still like a thin woman's hair mm-hmm. you know i think it's like when you shop for hair products it doesn't matter what size you are you yeah can, you can convey like your sexuality because i think a lot of fat women it's easy to feel desexualized is for that sure word? Yeah. yeah desexualized if you're like no i have long luxurious hair i can kind of control how people are interpreting my sexuality and i, I understand that but i also do think it can be kind of a crutch and so i wanted to read from this reductress article i hope you guys are all reading Reductus. They continue so to good. make me laugh. Yeah. So this article came on my feed this week and it's called How to Rock Your Curves by Wearing a Full Face of Makeup at All Time. <laughs> and it's hilarious. Okay, so I'm going to read um, a little excerpt. Nothing is sexier than confidence. No matter what your body type is, the best look is always positive thinking and a smile. But if you're curvy, another good look is a full face of makeup and a professional blowout. <laughs> then later in the article, it says, top it all off with an impossibly thick blunt bang to cover most of your curvy face that's beauty baby yeah <laughs> maybe laugh so hard because honestly how many fat girls do you know who are like i'm pin up <laughs> so <laughs> many oh my and god I'm like, girl do your pin up but i do think it's hilarious that it's so many that are like i'm wearing lots of patterns i'm wearing yeah. red lipstick no it's, i think in some ways it's definitely a thing some fat women use to 
cover their internalized fat phobia. I mean, but I'm also like, if you love your hair and you love playing with it, more power to you. This is not to say, how dare you care about your hair? I just think it is an interesting trend. Yeah, clearly is a trend if they're able to like that specific look. I'm like, oh, I've seen it get toured like 30 times. (laughs) Oh my God, totally, totally. Yeah, I mean, I think part of it too is it's that clinging to traditional femininity where, as you said, fat women often feel desexualized. And so if you're trying to feel super feminine and in a way that's appealing to straight men then yeah maybe you do feel the need to you know have shiny hair or mm-hmm. whatever and that's way to explicitly communicate like no i'm a woman look at my red cheeks look yeah. at my bangs like i'm a woman look at my cinched waist i think part of that's because in media especially we see fat women with short hair are almost always portrayed as butch or mm-hmm. queer you know i can't think of any except for like in movies like shallow how for example where if you don't see her as fat, usually you see her as thin. And so when she's fat, she still has super long hair. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. You know, but for example, in Orange is the New Black, the very queer butch lesbian, she has short hair. Mm-hmm. There's like no other fat women and with short hair. So true. You know, but in real life, there's lots of femme fat women with short hair and also with long hair. I don't know. Whatever you want, you guys. Yeah, it's fine. <laughs> Moral of the story is literally whatever you want. Yeah. Just ask yourself why, and then if it's chill, then do your thing. Yeah. I've linked more resources in the show notes and written some more about our personal perspectives on politicized hair in the Patreon post for this week's episode because we have a lot more to say about this, about beards and hair when you have PCOS and the intersections between religious coverings and hair and androgyny and European women's relationship with their body hair and how angry it makes me personally that women in post-apocalyptic movie or TV scenarios somehow have clean as a whistle pits after months of being on <laughs> zombie island or whatever you, like exfoliated it's and like, stuff. makes no sense i'm like <laughs> let me see some stubble please really but yeah there's so much to say about this topic but i feel like we covered it we covered it and we want to hear from you guys please tweet us or write us in and let us know what do you do with your hair why do you do it to your hair is yeah. your hair political what's up and do you feel like your opinions on it changed as you got more into body positivity or as you got fatter because mine did we want to hear from you so that's the meat of it for this week we've solved the problem of politicized hair on women and femme bodies you're You're welcome. welcome here on she's all fat while we don't believe in capitalism we are looking to sell out this week we're supported by our lip smackers and our friendship bracelets so if you'd like to become a beloved advertiser and support us as well just contact us via our website thanks And now it's time to ask a fatty. If you want advice, you can send a voice memo of yourself asking a question to FYI at she's all fat pod.com. Let me just please note, no one's done this yet. Like send us a voice memo. I want to hear your voice. <laughs> and if you send a voice memo, we can play it on the pod. And that'd be so cool. I want to hear your wonderful voices as a part of our art. I get tired of hearing my own voice. Like, please let me listen to yours. <laughs> okay. You can record it on your computer or the voice memo app on your iPhone. Just keep it short about one minute max. Or if you're shy, you can send us a plain old email at fyi at she's all fat pod.com and we might answer your question right here on the show. This week on Ask a Fatty, we have a very special letter from Hannah, and here's a condensed version of what she wrote. Hi, Sophie and April. How do I talk to my boyfriend about needing affirmation from him that he's attracted to me and doesn't think my body is gross? I'm tall and broad and chubby, and I have struggled with really deeply hating my body and how much space it takes up ever since I can remember being aware that I even have a body. I've educated myself about body positivity, and I try not to consume media that only includes thin people. But if I'm being completely honest, I still want to be thin so badly that sometimes it's all I can think about, even though I know damn well how destructive that is and that I'm just brainwashed to be that way. I don't know how to talk to my boyfriend about this stuff and let him know that I need to hear him tell me that he's attracted to me or that he likes the way I look. I feel like that's so not sexy and sounds so needy and lame. It feels like I'd be admitting to him that I don't like myself and I'm not confident. And isn't that like the most unattractive quality a person can have? He's only dated thin women before me and I've never had a boyfriend before. So this is all new and scary for me. I feel like it's such a vulnerable conversation. And what if I just can't do it? What if 
he just confirms all my fears and crushes my self-esteem even more? Do I just have to prepare for that possibility and do it anyway? Okay. Hannah, thank you so much for writing this letter in. You truly put your heart out there for us, and we were very honored to receive this, and we're going to do the best we can for you. Dang, Hannah. Honestly, yeah, she just really spoke to my heart. I don't have a boyfriend, so I'm going to defer to Sophie on this because I'm <laughs> single and I don't need no man. But that said, um, going into dating, this is always a fear. I've been on first dates where I walk in and the guy like rolls his eyes and is like, ugh, like I'm mad you're fat. Oh my God. <laughs> like that's happened. It's a fear. And so in relationships, it's hard because I get what you're saying is like you don't want to make it seem like you're so needy and you need someone to validate you, but you also want to feel loved and feel yeah. appreciated without feeling fetishized. So like, how does she do it? Okay. Okay, in my opinion, there's really two separate issues here. The first one is one that Hannah clearly already knows, which is that she's not totally feeling her body positive politics in her heart yet. So that's the difference between body positivity and self-love, where it's like you can believe 100% intellectually that everything should be equal and blah, blah, blah. And yet in your heart, you're like, but am I ugly? Is it like it's hard to love yourself? So here's my steps for that part of this letter, which is that you have to feel that you're attractive. Nobody else can do that for you. So some steps to help with that. Number one, add some fat women who look like you, like find fat models or fat personalities who have your body type. If you're tall and chubby, then there's lots of models who look like you. Add them to your Tumblr feed or to your Instagram feed or just seek them out on a daily basis. I did this when I was first trying to get into this and just seeing images of women who look like you and who, even if they're just performing self-love, makes a huge difference. So that would be step number one. Step number two I would recommend would be to write down how you want to feel about your body. So I did this. I just made this up. I didn't read this anywhere. I just wrote down like, I want to be able to say... I love my body. I think I am attractive. And just every day I would look at it. I'd say, okay, can I say this today and think it's true? If not, what aspects of it could I say? So I would like look in the mirror and be like, I really like my face today or whatever. And sometimes that's all I could do. And sometimes I couldn't even do it, but just it's a mental practice. It's a habit that you have to get into to work on it because just believing in body positivity is not going to make you have self-love. So that's the first half of it. And the second half is that, yeah, you do not need affirmation from your boyfriend. Your boyfriend cannot make you feel attractive. That is on you. But you can communicate that your needs in a relationship include more verbal validation and affirmation. So one tool for that would be to have both of you take the five love languages test, my favorite thing in the world. Sophie made me do this, you guys. <laughs> Sophie literally made it's me do this. a very useful tool for communication because it helps you know for yourself and for others what actions or words or choices make you feel taken care of. So a lot of times in relationships with your family or with your friends or with a significant other, it'll be like, oh, I'm giving you a gift. Doesn't that make you feel loved? And then the other person's like, I don't give a shit about gifts. I just want you to take out the trash. So being able to express like, hey, my love language is verbal affirmations. It means a lot to me when you say verbally, I think you're attractive. Because while you can't make your boyfriend say anything, all you can do is be like, hey, this would make me feel loved and cared about. Um, what makes you feel loved and cared about? Because that's not pathetic, that's communication. And healthy communication is a necessary part of any healthy relationship. Totally. And I think another important thing to note here is that for Hannah and for a lot of the people listening at home, it's okay that you don't love your body today. This is a journey. We are not here to shame anyone who's not like, quote unquote, on our level. Because like, what level? I have moments all the time where I'm like, girl, you look like Ruben Stutter. <laughs> like, constantly. <laughs> like, truly. What? No, April. Like, one of my things is I feel like my voice and my body both look like Ruben oh Stutter. Oh my God. <laughs> like, it's annoying. I've never thought that, just so you know. Now you're going to think that. Like, sorry, 2004. Oh my God. But I think, again, just like The Bachelorette, this is a journey. Like, it's not a destination. Yeah. And you have to give yourself a little grace like it's okay that you know that you struggle with this yeah. and you shouldn't beat yourself up for not loving your body because again shame and pushing yourself are not the ways to actually achieve happiness with yeah. the way that you look it's just about really paying attention to 
what Sophie's saying, what you need, how you feel loved, and what can you give yourself validation-wise before you start looking to that for other, from other people. Here's another thing, though, too. Like, I still struggle with this with my boyfriend. We've been together for four and a half years, and I'm still always trying to navigate how to communicate that I want more verbal affirmations. Like, for me, I, that's my number one love language. I just want to be told I'm loved and attractive all the time. But, like, it's hard to communicate those needs. That's a whole separate communication, you know? It's like a hard thing in relationships. I would say some of the following things might be helpful for you as mantras. I don't know if you like mantras. I love mantras. They're very helpful with my anxiety to say them to myself. Number one, no one's forcing your boyfriend to be with you. He is choosing to be with you. Uh, Number two, if he's choosing to be your boyfriend, it's because he finds you attractive. Nobody is someone's boyfriend while they're like, uh, she's not attractive to me, but I guess I'll be here. He would just be your friend. Totally. Yeah. You're not forcing him to do anything. You're not tricking him into anything. He sees you every single day more than you see yourself. If you're not looking in the mirror every second and he likes your body because he is with you. So if you can just try to remember that, that's also for me, a helpful thing when I get into those insecure spirals. And you can also just ask him. You can do it in a confident way. There are ways that you can kind of lead him to the water. For my boyfriend, something I've learned how to do is to be like, hey, do you like my outfit? Hey, don't you think I look sexy in this? Hey, don't you think I look pretty? Because it's so easy for them to be like, "Uh uh-huh, yeah, oh, I'm supposed to say yeah. It's not that they're not thinking it, it's just that they don't know that they need to say it out loud. Yeah. You just gotta remind them. And so just saying your need, instead of saying, I want you to say X, which I think can feel, not that it's needy, but I think it can feel restrictive or bossy is the wrong word, but just like you're putting something on him. I think it's totally cool and sexy to be like, I think I look great today. Don't you? Even if you don't feel like you look great, it's leading him to say it. And guys love that. Totally. I do again want to tell you the end of your question. What if he just confirms all my fears and crushes my self-esteem anymore? I really don't think he's going to do that. He wouldn't be with you if he were going to do that. And if he does do that, then like he's not worth it. Uh, Goodbye. And something I tell my friends all the time is this is a fundamental difference socially. Men don't do things they don't want to do. Yes. Trust me, oh my girl. God. <laughs> He'll be out if he does not want to be there. Yeah. So I mean, don't worry about it. So again, you're fine. You're great. There's a couple aspects of this for you to work on and think about. And we want to hear how it goes. Write us back and tell us if any of this was helpful. I want you to know that you're you're not alone. I also struggled with all these things. And I'm telling you all these solutions that I found worked for me. They may not work for you. But I think a lot of women, especially fat women, feel this way and worry about these same things. But, you know, self-love and communication are like universal things that everyone needs to work on. And we think you're great, Hannah. Thank you so much for writing this in. Hannah, we hope this was helpful. Yeah. So all the resources we mentioned in this week's Ask a Fatty will be in our episode notes and I'll put some more personal stories in the Patreon post. Thank you so much for that letter, Hannah. We're sending you all of our love and support and tell us how it goes and if we can support you in any way further. Now let's move on to It's Okay, You Can Ask, a segment where we ask each other questions relating to our particular experiences in this world that we might not feel comfortable asking anyone else IRL. We'll find out the answers to our burning questions like, why can't white people stay on the beat? Or what is Laurie's season salt? (laughs) If you're wondering, yes, I am aware that this is a trap. I'm literally so excited. Okay. So, April, number one, I would just like to note. <laughs> this is ridiculous. I would just like to note that at the party, we did a live recording of an It's Okay You Can Ask, and several black women came up to me after and told me how brave I was for They're doing traitors. this. <laughs> I don't speak for them. We're not kin. <laughs> I'm not interested in hearing about how Sophie's brave for being um, called out for not seasoning her food. Um, I'm just okay. saying, like, thank you so much. But also just, like, they were like... I, I I think it's because I said it was the most stressful part of my week. And they were like, she's choosing to do this. So, which is true. This was your idea. I just want to always say that. Sophie, just ask the question. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I can't do this. Okay. So I've seen this happen a lot and it's in movies and stuff too, but I've seen it in real life where this is hard to convey over audio, but black women, especially when they're faced with what you would call white nonsense or like somebody just wasting their time you can see a particular mode they go into that i've never seen a white woman do where their eyes just glaze and they're just like "Uh uh-huh 
Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Oh, my God. Is this, like, a known thing? <laughs> Are you seriously asking me this? Yes. <laughs> Is this a bad question? Is this, like, talked about as a, like, as a thing? I just feel like I've seen it mostly in, like, customer service situations where someone's <laughs> like, blah, 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 let me speak to the manager and whoever they're talking to, if they're a black woman, is just like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, <laughs> mm-hmm. Do you know what I'm saying? All that is is survival, okay? You have no idea how much white nonsense I encounter on a daily basis. It's truly just about rationing out my emotional capacity. You know what I mean? I could lose it right now, or I could just leave the planet for a moment and just let you continue to talk about how your curtain is the wrong block, and I can just elevate myself to a new plane you know what i mean and it really is just about but is this a thing that's talked about or like is this do you know what i mean i do know what you mean um okay so is this something that is talked about um no it literally isn't it's just something that we all have in common is that we need ways to survive yeah i mean i guess i mean i i've definitely done it when like a similar version of that when talking to men like i can i've done the like uh uh-huh like zone out thing just do the like charlie what's it called with the cartoon what oh the charlie brown like teacher thing totally but is that like is that racist that i've that i've like (laughs) noticed it specifically with black women doing it very clearly i mean i think you're right in that it's a reaction to white nonsense (laughs) that's all i can say about that all right i don't know i don't know how to be more specific about it i just have noticed it so many times of just like a complete and total shutdown Mm -hmm. and not hiding it (laughs) at all i mean i think that's honestly the best outcome you could ask for it's like you get the shutdown or you get laid into i've never seen that actually really yeah i've never seen well because most because i'm telling you most of the times i've seen this have been customer service interactions Mm -hmm. i've never noticed i've never seen like someone a black woman working somewhere start shouting at a white person customer I mean, it's I like, have, but really extreme cases. Like when? What did you do? I didn't do anything. <laughs> I mean, listen, I spend more time at Walmarts than you do. <laughs> That's just the reality. Sure. Um, I was really brave for asking that question. She was not. Please don't tweet <laughs> Sophie that she was brave. I will block you so fast. Great. That was, it's okay. You can ask. And that's our show. Be sure to check out the show notes for links to the stuff we mentioned today. And don't forget to send us your questions via email or voice recording to FYI at she's all Please make sure to leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. It's super important in making sure people find the show. If you leave us a review on Apple Podcasts, we'll give you a shout out on the pod next week. She's All Fat is created, produced, and hosted by us. Sophie Carter-Khan and April K. Quio. We are an independent production. If you'd like to support the work we do, you can join our Patreon by visiting patreon.com slash she's all fat pod. When you pledge to be a supporter, you'll get all sorts of goodies and extra content. This week, we're posting more information, resources, and readings about politicized hair just for our Patreon supporters. Our music was composed and produced by Carolyn Pennypacker Riggs. Our website was designed by Jesse Fish, and our logo is by Britt Scott. This episode was mixed and edited by Victor D. Jackson. Our Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter handles are at She's All Fat Pod. Bye! I know about lizards. Say it again. I don't know what you know about animals or not. I know a lot about lizards, okay? Do you? You know a lot about lizards. I know, like, that a lizard is, like, not a frog. (laughs) The end. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. 
There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you.